Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> Wine. I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, Drunk on Theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and wake me up before you go-go. We may be in a love shack, but if you're like a virgin, then you know that's what girls want to have fun during the total eclipse of the heart. It's just a crazy little thing called love because I'm never going to give you up. What I like about you is that I'm holding out for a hero to beat it, push it, and walk. I'm going to be 500 miles to the material girl as I am nothing but a man in the mirror. Flashback to the 80s. Joining us today are the usual dove criers who love a Star Wars dream ballet, including Kevin, video killed the radio star Jager. It really did. It really, really did. Kimberly, our I've had the time of my life game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Sure. And with us today is an incredible talent that you can see in Wicked, or if you were for some reason in Maine many years ago, flashback to the 80s. Uh, let's give a big, broad, wasted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Meg Doherty. <laughs> wow. What an intro. You really crimped them all in there. Uh, I had to text your brother today and be like, hey, these are the five songs I remember from the show. What are the rest of them? <laughs> There's no cast album to reference. <laughs> I looked. I looked. I actually have the entire track listing from flashback to the 80s to the 90s, but um, I didn't have it for the original. Whoa, 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 whoa. That musical is called what? <laughs> flashback no. to the 80s to... The 90s? Yeah. Not flashback to the 90s? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. because no, why? Um, because that's what happens when you work in a place where uh, they just, no one's, no one's the, no one's the adult. And they, we just did whatever we wanted. <laughs> that, yeah. My first summer. So, so I met Meg um, when I first worked in Maine um, at this resort and she was there her mom ran the program and and her whole family was so welcoming and and truly wonderful and one of the first staff shows that we did up there was called flashback to the 80s they wrote it it was so much fun to do the audiences ate it up and then when i came back the next next year the next year and i forget what it was what the the summers were but like we all chipped in and basically wrote flashback to the 80s to the 90s um so when you return to this podcast, I'll just do those for the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, just that one. Oh, oh man. Is it flashback like to the 80s, the number two, and then it's to the 90s? I mean, I don't I'm think... sure there's a script somewhere. <laughs> I have the script for the second one. I do not have the script for the first one. Probably because the script for the first one changed every night. <laughs> yeah, because it was a oh. rough outline that everybody... that Oh, my. That was so... We had gotten... The resort had started promoting that we were going to do this 80s show. And then we got the script for it. And it was all, like, Australian slang that made no sense. 
And we got it. We were like, uh-oh, none of this. We, I don't even know what any of this means. And so it was just all of this Australian 80s slang. And we were like, we can't use any of this. So we rewrote the whole script. Um, and then that's sort of what ended up being performed. Something rough, <laughs> rough outline of that. But, and what were your characters in this show? Uh, I wasn't actually in it. I was the choreographer. Um, so I was the choreographer of, you know, magical performances like the Star Wars ballet and things like that, uh, which is still, by the way, Brian, uh, I put that as one of my credits in my bio for Wicked. Yes! <laughs> no they are like, what are you, what have you done? And I was like, the Star Wars ballet, I think it might be my greatest accomplishment. Brian, <laughs> <laughs> were you in the ballet? No. No, I was not in the ballet. I was uh, Lionel the jock. Um, Obviously. Or maybe that, yeah, I was Lionel the jock, um, and, uh, All jocks are named Lionel. Heavily. Yeah, yeah. I was featured heavily in the Love Shack sequence um, and uh, some of the school sequences, obviously. Um, that was also, uh, you know, my real breakout when I... There was one scene where, long story short, after the... Um, I was wearing a fishnet top in a dance uh, party scene. And it got, <laughs> we were doing... There was a big dance summer during um, uh, Love Shack. And then uh, my fishnet, like, you know, like, like penny, like you would wear like a high school's whatever would wear for football. Oh, sure, sure. I don't know what I'd call that fishnets. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, mesh, mesh is the word I'm looking for. Got caught in the lead female's zipper. So I'm stuck on stage while she's doing her big scene afterwards with the male lead who was, who's uh, Meg's brother, who is one of my very good friends. I'm stuck to her trying to untangle myself while they're like doing a full scene. And it's just like, that's the night they filmed the show. It's just like the <laughs> like confrontation. You are not supposed to be like a stuck on you moment just right behind her trying to figure out, oh boy, that was very silly. <sighs> so that's just some well, classic resort shenanigans. <laughs> on that note, what are you drinking? What are we drinking? Um, I'll, I'll start. I'm drinking uh, straight from Maine, uh, Shipyard Summer Ale. Shipyard. Um, ready to Portland, Shipyard. Um, delicious, wonderful. These are my, my dad actually bought them when they were up this summer and he brought some back for me. Um, so right from the brewery. Amazing. Nice. I am actually indulging in this incredible Irish whiskey by, uh, JJ Corey. It is, um, America. It's imported by American spirits. Um, it's super great. It's fantastic. It's got like kind of like a sweet, kind of like honey taste to it and i'm just drinking it on the rocks but my rocks all melted so it just looks like a big glass <laughs> it does i also have Kimberly? whiskey oh nice i have some of our favorite hudson i have blanked on the name and i'm just because i was so the baby I, bourbon it is not the baby bourbon that's why i blanked because it is hudson whiskey but i realized i've been calling it baby bourbon but it's big bourbon. Oh, oh of course. Right, like big bourbon says so on the label. Oh, yeah, because they rebranded um, it. That's nice. With seven up. Because cool. Jay poured seven up in it, and I poured far too much whiskey in my glass because I'm used to making gin and tonics. 
Mm. Sure, sure. And I was like, the ratios don't work the same. No. <laughs> Meg? Um, I'm boring and drinking water because I'm in rehearsals, but in my mind, in my mind, I am drinking uh, a Down East cider. Mm. Beautiful. Yes. My favorite. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that because you have a fascinating, wild kind of wicked journey, I'll call it. Um, it's a, it's a wicked good journey. Um, uh, I guess like, I'll let you kind of start because just like you, you, you booked it. Awesome. You made your debut and then, and then for 17 months, you, you did not do wicked because of, you know, extraneous circumstances, force majeure. And, um, and now you're, you're back in rehearsals. Like talk about I mean, there's just so much to dig in there. I'll just kind of let you you start there and, and we'll kind of ask questions because it's just like, what a what a layered journey, wicked oh, journey you have. It's It's been, I mean, and it doesn't even, it really, so I made, I booked the show last January and I had three weeks of rehearsal and then I did three and a half weeks of performances and then we shut down. Um mm. So I like kind of knew it when we shut down. <laughs> sure. But there were fully parts where I was like, I follow this person because I don't really know what I'm doing here. Um, uh, so it was like not in my bones yet. And my sure. track, I, I understudy Madame Morrible and I had only had two rehearsals for Madame Morrible when we shut down. So I still don't, I really was not familiar with my my understudy track um and then just you know we were in the middle of a I was had had my second Morrible rehearsal and then we were doing a spacing rehearsal because we were having a changeover with dance captains and some people who were coming in when the announcement happened and and actually the announcement was made and we didn't know that this was coming from the governor uh and then it happened. And then we went out and did Dancing Through Life because that's where we were. And it was just so mm-hmm. silly because we were all on stage singing Nothing Matters, but knowing Nothing Matters. Like right after they were like, Broadway shut down. And we're like, do we keep going? Are we done? St- keep going. And so we just like yeah. kept going and finished the spacing rehearsal that was like, this is not going to be useful. <laughs> we're going to need to redo this. Um, right. and maybe we then, should change the dancing verb in that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we ended up just kind of a bunch of us went to the bar afterwards and hung out and then came back for a meeting where they kind of just updated us on what they knew, which was very little. And then it was sort of like, okay, bye. See you. And we had a couple company meetings in the 17 months and then they let us know a few months ago when what the plan was with us coming back and we had our first rehearsal and it's really it's really intense it's been really really intense and not just because uh you know coming into a show that I didn't know but because nobody can take 17 months off and then walk in and be like yep got it no problem um mm-hmm. but we came in and everybody was feeling so anxious that first rehearsal and the anxiety was that a lot of people were feeling because we all care so much and we all really love the show and we had had other people who were 
just as new as me. There was a couple of people who had stepped in right before me. We had a brand new Fiero and a brand new Alphaba who took over the week after. They actually debuted after I had. Um, oh, and wow. Brand new Alphaba came in and then actually had re-injured an old groin injury and was out for a few performances. So she only did like one full week of performances before we shut down. And I can't imagine that of like, I did it and now it's gone and people were moving across country. People were, it was, it's been really, mm-hmm. really nuts. And then trying to bring everyone back in together. It's so, it's so, it's so intense, but our first day of rehearsal was like a lot of other companies where we just kind of got together and did like a read and sing through of the script. And it was, I mean, our vocals were so perfect. Our music director literally said, I don't know whether you guys have really been practicing or whether I was really annoying right with my notes right before shutdown, but you guys all sound amazing. And <laughs> it was so well, everyone's very incredible. healthy after that much of a break. So oh my God. well, it's like it's it's a little bit of both where it's like, do I have this? I my chords sound great, but do I have the stamina? Because it's like trying to see whether you have the stamina to be able to do that eight shows a week at this point, or even just sing through the whole show at once. Because not everybody mm-hmm. was really doing much in the 17 months. Some people were teaching. Some people were just really off with their families. I was lucky that I taught voice throughout the whole time. So oh, I was able to feel pretty confident in my my vocal abilities going back in. Sure. But it was, I mean, it was just so, it's been so intense <laughs> going back into it and really like not, really not having for a feel for it until you're on that stage. Because I was looking at my notes and I didn't even, some of the, some of my little gibberish notes, I was like, none of this doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> so I was trying oh, to sure. stuff. And I was like, what's, what's RSG? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or like I wrote half a word or I'd be like, follow so-and-so. And then it just like, that was all the sentence, but no. So, and like, it was just looking at my notes. It didn't mean anything. And so being back in the space has been, really interesting and we've had some turnover but most of the cast has come back um Mm -hmm. we have a couple people in the ensemble who had taken leave of leaves of absences um one for an injury one she was on maternity leave and she was only like six weeks away from coming back when the shutdown had happened so she hasn't done the show in two years sure Um, sure and and the other girl who had had the injury same thing she hadn't done the show in a couple years um coming back into it it's been very very interesting being back in that room. Um, but it's been also so inspiring and cathartic and very emotional. It must sure. be strange the- as a company, like, because there are, for something so long running, there are always rehearsals happening and things happening, but it must be so fascinating to come back as a whole and do all of the entire rehearsal process as one company instead of just like, there's a new swing. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Because that's the thing that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about. Like you understand it in theory, but the reality of it is very different when you are being, when you were a replacement actor into a longstanding Broadway show, um, you go learn it with like one dance captain and that's it. And you're in a rehearsal space and the Gershwin were lucky that the Gershwin has a rehearsal space on premises. And so you're up oh, wow. and you're able to rehearse and then you can kind of like maybe watch on the TV 
on the monitors what's happening in a certain number and say, oh, okay, I understand that tracking now and now I'll try it. But you know, you're going to do your turn and then you have a moment with this person and, oh, you're going to run over here to Jeff and then there's Shoba and then here's Travis. And you're like, who are these people? Because you're just by yourself until you either happen to be able to step in for a spacing rehearsal or you have your put in where it's like everybody else has been in the show for two years and they're all kind of like in street clothes and texting off stage because it's just another rehearsal for them. Uh And you're like in full costume and a microphone running the show and it's like could I could I stand out more could this be more pressure um and that uh, the 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 anxiety of a put-in is I mean I was so traumatizing (laughs) to do that (laughs) I like went home and had nightmares afterwards where I was like (laughs) I walked out on stage in a number I don't belong in without a wig like just all the classic theater nightmare stuff but I had like days of them afterwards Because typically what they'll do is they'll do a put-in and then you go in that night. But I was making my debut on a weird week because Wicked will change its schedule around a whole bunch and Mm -hmm. put performances on holidays and then take Wednesday off or whatever. And so my Broadway debut was a Monday matinee. What a weird crowd. Um, (laughs) Your face is correct. Um, Can't say I've been to a Monday matinee. Yeah, who's been to a Monday matinee? That's 100% people who are like, so our plane's at seven, but like, do you <laughs> one more day in New York? One more day, right? Yeah, or like, like kids who are our vacations this week, or what? Or just my family is who was there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it was really it was my yeah Monday Monday matinee. So I had my put in like on a Friday, and then had a weekend, a weekend. and then went on, and it was just it was. I mean, it was just so nuts because, you know, in your head, when you're thinking, or when you're a kid, you're, you have these built up ideas of what it's going to be like. Are you, am I going to be able to take it in when I'm making my Broadway debut? And it was just like, no, go, 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 go. And then after it was over, I was like able to sit down and kind of process it. And I was like, I guess this has happened. This is my life now. This is my job. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Were there two shows that day? No one. Thank God. Okay. Um, so I had that Monday matinee and then a Tuesday night and then I had Wednesday off and then we went back into um, kind of a normal wicked in the winter, which is still a five show weekend, which is a lot. So do yeah. do rehearsals right now feel like this is Wicked's second opening night? Like, is there that kind of energy? Like it opened in 2001 or whatever it was. And like, does this feel like like opening night number two or is there what's the energy, I guess? The energy, I mean, it's still, it's still kind of feeling a lot of that, a little bit of that anxiety. Everybody's feeling a lot better now. It's not nearly the like high buzzing that was the first day where everybody was like, yay. And you're like, oh, that's a little, there's a little bit of darkness in that yay. Um, so. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. So everybody's like, I'm so excited to be here. Um, And uh, so that's kind of subsiding a little bit now and everybody's sort of still feeling it out. And the thing about the show is, is there's a lot of very individualized tracks. And so it took us several hours to just kind of like get through the opening because the traffic patterns are so nuts. And Mm. so people are kind of like 
you know, figuring that out. And I'm sure as we get closer to the 14th, when we actually will have our first or opening night, it's going to feel nuts. But I mean, when we did that sing through and Jenna Claire, who is our current Glinda got up and sang the, like, let us be glad, let us be grateful. I mean, you could just feel all of the emotion of all the people in the room who are so grateful to be there. And it really is feeling like it's going to be this super exciting, um, just jam-packed full of energy performance. Um, I mean, when she just, her first line is, you know, it, it's good to see me, isn't it? I can't imagine what that's going to be like when she says that. Because people are just, I mean, take 30 seconds, I'm sure, of people like screaming because that's how we all felt. In oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're bringing back, they're easing us into it. And the first week is sort of just trying to like get our footing. And then they're bringing back like full creative team. We're getting choreographer, director, you know, Mr. Schwartz and whatnot is all, they're all going to be there coming in um, and working with all of us, which is, that is so exciting to be. It's so rare to have them all at the same time. What What a fascinating like Broadway debut to make where like, oh, you're getting the experience of opening a show and like working with the creatives, but like in a long running, like franchise of a musical. Absolutely. Where it really has this, um, longstanding legacy of what the show means. And it has this, this brand that's really understood, but at the same time, we are kind of relaunching, it in a way and I'm sure it will feel like a new opening night or a reopening night um Mm -hmm. when that happens because I know that there is some stuff that we're gonna get a chance to look at and the script has been updated um somewhat since it was there's been revisions done to it um since it first opened I think the most recent revision or at least what it says on the front of my script was 2010. So I don't know if we're going to be doing some more stuff with that um, to kind of update it a little bit more at this point. But I know that they're coming back in and like looking at not only how can we do this as far as COVID protocols are, you know, are concerned. We have a big, we have like a two hour rehearsal tomorrow morning to address something that is literally just about how can we do this with our COVID protocols? Uh, Cause we mm. can't keep doing this the same way. Um, that is going to be just like traffic patterns and how, how to do all of that with flying monkeys and whatnot, um, tomorrow, but it's, there's so many, so many moving pieces and it's very exciting to be in that room and to feel like you are with this group and there's, and everybody all, everybody feels kind of brand new. Nobody's standing there feeling like, oh, I know this. Why am I here? Everybody's like bringing their A-game and excited to be back and so grateful to be back as well, Mm. which in a longstanding show, that's Mm. not always the case. A lot of the time, there's some people who are just sitting on a contract who are there and, you know, maybe maybe their gratitude has moved elsewhere. Um, But everybody's Mm. so grateful to be there, which is magical. That's awesome. That's so nice. Like, um, so let's let's flash back for a second, not to the 80s or the 90s. Let's flash back for a little bit. <clears throat> Talk about what was your relationship with Wicked and what was like what was it like when Broadway called? Like, do you have a getting that call story? I mean, we love hearing those if you don't mind sharing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So my 
my relationship, Wicked, well, now I'm telling everybody how old I am, um, but Wicked opened my freshman year in college. And I remember looking, and I'm from New England, so when I see something that says Wicked, it usually <laughs> means a little something different to me. <laughs> and so I was looking at a, a, a classmate of mine who was wearing this shirt that said Wicked, and I was like, what is that? And he sort of explained it to me. And, of course, it was the show that everybody was obsessed with, Um during college and uh it was actually the show I saw when I moved to New York and Mm. very true story my mom turned and looked at me and she said I just have a feeling about the show for you and that was in 2008 and she was like listen somebody's got to understand that that headmistress lady and I was like sure um and then you know life happened and um and I had had a lot of friends who had, I had a friend actually who was in the Shen Shen track that I'm in, who was on tour with it for a very long time. And I kept trying to get in to get seen for it. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get seen for it. Um, and cause a lot of women who go, there's not a surplus of uh, tracks for plus size actresses. So when you have a long-standing show, sometimes mm-hmm. women get in it and they're like, I'm going to hang out here for a little while and collect this paycheck. Sure, yeah. Um, which good on you, can't blame you. Um, and so I had gotten wind that someone was leaving. My friend was leaving the touring company and I was trying to get in for that. And I had, um, a, m- my friend who had gone to college with was music director and he was trying to get me in and that didn't end up happening. And that was like in 2016, fast forward a few years and, um, they were looking again and I, uh, he had re- and we were talking about something else. And then he was like, are you still auditioning? And I said, yeah. And he's now the music director on Broadway. And he was like, I'm going to bring you in for this. We're having a really hard time finding someone for this track. And so I was like, great. And they brought me in. Uh, and this was in 2019. And, uh, I was waiting to hear when they were actually going to bring me in. And of course they brought me in. They said, hey, see you on Thursday for this call. And I was literally leaving for a vacation with my now husband the next day. And so I was like, cool, perfect timing. Uh, So I ended up getting a flight so I could fly home for this audition on Thursday and then fly back. We were only going to Montreal, so it was close enough. Uh, And then there were a series of tornadoes in the Southeast and every single flight was canceled. And... Mm. Uh, I got the notification that my flight was canceled on Wednesday afternoon as I was heading back to our Airbnb to go get my stuff to leave for the airport. Sure, sure. Great timing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. So I'm calling and I'm talking to people trying to figure something out. And finally, my now husband turned and looked at me and he just was like, grab your stuff. I uh, called and they said, we can bring the rental car across the border. Let's go. And so we went out to the car and he just drove me back to our apartment and I went in and I did my call and it went great. And then I came home and he was like, how'd it go? And I said, it went well. And he was like, great, here's a burger. Let's go. We went back to Montreal. Uh, And then they contacted me a while later. They were like, we love you. We're going to keep you in a folder. And I was like, okay. And then he and I got engaged and we set a wedding date and then I we started planning the wedding. And then I got, again, right after New Year's, got this email that said, hey, see you on Thursday. And I was like, oh my God, 
I can't, I'm in the middle of planning a wedding. This is crazy. (laughs) Okay, sure. See you on Thursday. And so I went in and all of a sudden it felt very different being in the room um, Mm. this time. The way that the casting director was talking to me, it just was a very different vibe. And then I got brought in for a dance call and um, which was, is the wicked dance calls the weirdest thing. It's like a drum kit and a piano player and that's it. And they make it up kind of weird and different and in the vocabulary of wicked movement every time. And so it was the resident choreographer and, uh, and one other girl and me. And I was like, oh, I think this might be mine unless I really screw this up. And so I went in, I did the call, and then I got a text message from my friend, the music director, who was like, hey, where are you going to be at three o'clock? And I was like, I'll be around. And then I was babysitting (laughs) at the time. And I was watching this baby who was trying to like pull as many things down on top of her head as possible. And my phone rang and he you know, asked me how the dance call went. And I was like, well, you know, I thought I could have been in my character a bit more. And then he just looked at me and he said, well, I think you'll probably have time to worry about your character when you start rehearsals on Tuesday. And it was Friday. And I was like, okay. And that was, that was the story. Like I got the phone call from my friend who years ago had looked at me and said, I just want to tap dance on Broadway. And then I promise I'll make you a star. And I was like, yeah, damn, whatever. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and so I had these like weird things that all came together of like this moment with my mom where she was like, I really have a feeling about this show. And my friend who was like, I promise I'll get you on Broadway. And then it just like, they both happened. And not to say that like my preparedness and my readiness um, or that I hadn't had a lot of close calls before this because I had, but just none of it was none of it was the right timing, none of it was the right moment, and uh, it all happened now. And I'm so incredibly grateful it didn't happen when I was younger because I really and truly don't think I would appreciate it the way I do making my Broadway debut at this point in my life. Um, sure. Twice and it was just yeah, it was like really fortuitous and magical, kismet. Yes. And how special what that your friend story. got to make the call. So incredible. Like, did he, he beg to ask the, like, did he ask the cousin? Yeah, he was like, like let me do it. He's literally been saved in my phone since college as Broadway. That is how I saved him <laughs> in my phone. And so I literally. Truly Broadway called. called. Truly Broadway called. Because <laughs> he, I mean, cool. he's just been obsessed with it since he was a child. We all knew he was going to make it, so. Yeah. Do you know where else Broadway calls? All the time. Tuesdays in the corner with Kevin. It's corner. Meg, welcome to Kevin's Corner. This is the part of the show where I get to do whatever I want because it's my corner and it's pretty and I can do what I want. So today we're going to play a really fun game that's called What Is That the Kevin's Listening To? And basically, I'm going to go through my phone and pick random albums and then tell you three of the track names from the album. And you have to tell me what album it is. Oh boy. Okay. And this, uh, is, this is new. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I just decided to do this thing. And you know what? Uh, Brian and Kimberly can help once you've made one guess. If it's wrong, then you can have them help you. Okay. All right. So the, Wonderful. First, the first one, three different tracks on this album are changing lives, dance with you, and tonight belongs to you. 
changing lives. Oh no. Oh boy. Am I going to be bad? You want to see what show card I accidentally am holding at this very moment? What is it? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. The prom. It is. That is the prom. That was good oh, timing. That yeah, was. that was really good timing. Okay. The next one is get down. I don't need your love. And no way. Six. That's right. I I'm so excited for that one. Oh, yes. All right. The next one is come alive. This is me and tightrope. Not uh, PJ. Mm, greatest showman. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PJ. The PJ. Okay, this this next one. <laughs> this next one is. Oh God, what is that? Um, <laughs> I think that's the game, Kevin. Look what I <laughs> look what I found. Is that all right? And shallow. Is this the Star is Born? It is the Star is Born soundtrack. Okay. Oh, I'm so stressed out right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. All right, ready? I want to say I want to say this is eclectic, but this is right down the middle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, disappear, Requiem, and so big, so small. Oh. Uh, this is uh, Dear Evan Hansen. I just sang So Big, So Small. Did you really? Yeah. Oh. I got yelled uh, at by a lot of people who have children who are upset by that song. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're like, can you warn me next time? Oh, right. Ooh. Sugar um, warning. <laughs> He's sad. Sugar warning. <laughs> All right, this one is He Won't Go Love Song. And don't you remember? Is this just a cerebralis little voice? Oh, no, but it is an artist like that. He won't go. But it's not cerebralis. No, I guess my guess. Who, what, someone help me? Brian? <laughs> don't Wait, you can you, what? Don't you remember? Don't you he remember? Oh, that's Adele. It's Adele, exactly. I thought these were all musicals, Kevin. Don't from, pull the pop stars in here. 21. <laughs> all righty. This one is Just Friends. Some Unholy War. And Me and Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. Me and Mr. Jones. That's a different song. Um, well, I... Some unholy war. Hmm. No, I am blood drawing a blank. Brian or Kimberly? Uh, I don't know the name of the album, but I know it's Amy Winehouse. It is. It's Amy Winehouse Back to Black. Um, oh, is that the album? It is. I could have gotten there. And we got two more for you. This one is Crush. Is it just a single? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's just a single. A little crush. 
Beautiful. Uh, crush. Uh, this is Crush. It's uh, David Archuleta, the deluxe version of his self-titled album. Not, oh, not, not um, Mandy Moore. Not, not on my mother's life would I have been able to come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last one is... Which one do I want to go with? So many choices. Yep, this one. Honestly, I forgive you and Mr. Know-It-All. Mr. Know-It-All. Is that... Wait. Oh, Mr. Know-It-All. Oh, no. Is that that's not Queen? No, or no, no. I sound to it, huh? It does have a Queen kind of sound to it if you think about it. What were the other two songs, Mister Know It All? Honestly, and I forgive you. I forgive you. We were just a couple of kids. Oh boy. Oh, Mr. Know It All is Mr. Know It All. Well, yeah. You think you know it all. Well, yeah. Oh, oh no. These aren't helpful there are, hints. Is there, I, I think I know it. I is think I know it, but is it? <laughs> yeah, is the other song in there Fruit Salad, Yummy Yummy? <laughs> it is not. There's Take also, your sillies I, out? I, there's also a song called What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. Oh, uh, Kelly Clarkson. This is Kelly Clarkson from her stronger deluxe version. I, just I still think this is a Wiggles album. <laughs> and just because we can't, we can't end on you not getting it right, we're oh. going to give you one more. And this is... I hope it's a Wiggles album. <laughs> I'm trying to find my Daddy. Wiggles album. <laughs> Um, <laughs> perfect. Uh, the titles are Growing Up, It's a Hit, and Franklin Shepherd Inc. Oh, 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 um, 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 oh no, is this, um, uh, oh. Why is the word? It's the word. It, oh, oh, uh, they're doing the movie. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. damn few. Uh, barely we roll along. There it is. Yay! Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, did it? Which album? No, I'm just kidding. It's the 2012 <laughs> New York. The oh, 2012 yeah, New York Professor? Cast recording. <laughs> yeah, right. It's <laughs> like I love the revival recording too, but the <laughs> version of the song. Oh man! So that's all I got for you. That's Kevin's corner. Oh, well, Ooh, well done. Lovely in Kevin's corner. A little stressful, but lovely. I'm glad. You're <laughs> um, so we didn't actually ask you like our standard broad wasted questions because we just sure. like got right into Wicked. But what's your favorite musical? Uh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. What is what's the what's the musical that really like? 
got you into it that like did it for you like was it a movie musical was it like seeing something was it seeing a family member in something was it just like watching something with the family was, was it, it being this, in annie was it this, that's what most people say was it flashback to the 80s part three the 2000s oh god just a lot of low-rise jeans um <laughs> so uh no well um i honestly i don't remember a time of not being into musicals but i did go see the first Broadway show I ever saw was the original production of A Chorus Line because my parents snuck me in inside my dad's coat. And I was less than two and I watched it from inside my dad's jacket. So probably that. That's a great Whoa. story. Whoa. <laughs> it didn't have a babysitter. So they just put me in my dad's coat. And they were like, don't move or talk, which if you had known me as a child was a straight up miracle. Um, wow. so I just turned around and I watched the entire show from inside his coat. Yeah. What a crazy sense memory to have. Like, that's insane. Mm. Like being wrapped so in a warm you, hug while watching a chorus line. <laughs> I was going to say, every time you hear like at the ballet, do, uh, sorry, every time you put in a coat, do you hear at the ballet? <laughs> Only when it's over my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can't see out of your coat. Yeah, when you have a bad yeah. day, you just get a giant coat and like wrap yourself in it. <laughs> just a big <laughs> coat, wrap myself in it, and put on like music in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, Jessica, the Jessica Simpson version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so you're stranded on a desert island, or you know you're going to end up being stranded on a desert island, um, and you can, oh, and there happens to be a theater on this desert island. Um, you can choose any show. You can make up a production. You can take a production and pop it onto the island. But that's the oh, that's like the thing that you'll be watching. What do you? What are you choosing? Oh, that I'm going to watch. Ooh a show that I would watch on the desert Island. I probably, I mean, it would probably be some sort of comedy. Um, something that I can't, I mean, maybe an old, maybe more like an old movie, like an old Gene Kelly style, like a singing in the rain type with lots of tap dancing and fun and stuff like that. Cause that's stuff that just for me, it doesn't ever, I'm just always in Mar and I'm, what are the words? Uh, always in awe of. There we go. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, what so, interesting like situation for you to be knowing you're going to be sent to a desert island, but that you also can choose the production that performs eight shows a week on said desert. Yeah. Island. Oh, you need a knife and fire? No, 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 no. You get an MGM spectacle. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> just pick the shows, and it's all starring my best friends. <laughs> yeah. They're also on the island, and somebody in the ensemble is a doctor who brought his surgical kit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, here, well, let's let's refine that question. You have three cast albums that you can bring, and you can. What are those three cast albums? Oh, this is much easier. Um, I a Secret Garden, uh, the Color Ooh. Purple, the Revival, um, and. Third, uh, probably maybe something really stupid, like um, something that's just more fun for me that I have good memories of. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, no, maybe like a Lion King moment that would just, I love the like, 
because listening to an album is just so different than um watching it so there's certain ones that I when I listen to which like Secret Garden is one of them where I always listen to it in like March when I like really need flowers or leaves on trees but <laughs> just sure. listen to the Secret Garden on loop so yeah so I would probably say yeah those two and then maybe a like a Lion King or may- maybe even a Sweeney Todd original original cast album of that sure good mm-hmm. yeah cool um should we should we play a game? Let's do it. Yeah, sure. I have a game called Changed for Good, in which we will be using my Lights of Broadway show cards to pick a new pair of best friends. And so you'll pick two show cards. They're all people. Um, I do have shows also if you need help picking a show. Oh. Um, but you'll choose two people. And then they need to be best friends in a show. So basically, how do I explain this better than in my mind to myself? <laughs> We're going to pick two friends, pick um, one show for the other person to join. So say you get like Alex Brightman and Leia Salonga. Mm-hmm. You would say that Alex Brightman. Um, now I'm like. Which would be better? Say that like Leia Salonga goes into School of Rock and like changes the plot so that, you know, he doesn't get in trouble or something. Okay. Sure. Uh, We'll figure it out. You're picking two friends and change one of their shows for the better. (coughs) Got it. Brian, can you go first to be better at it? Sure. Great. Sure, sure. (laughs) Uh, Just go ahead and say when. When? You have Michael Bennett. Not a rare card. Oh, man, it's been a while since we've said that. I know. Oh. And? When? Norm Lewis. Oh, they're good for Okay. Her best um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask for a show. You're going to ask for Why a not? show? Okay. Say yeah. when. When? Merrily, we roll along. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so Lots I'm not going to use change that for the better. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna brush merrily we roll along aside, but I'm going to um, use some of those concepts. Um, I think that uh, Michael Bennett was cloned, and uh, in the original version of Sideshow, Michael Bennett was a dancing version of the two Siamese twins. And uh, and so Norm Lewis is obviously in Sideshow as well. Yeah. So the, the p- original plot of Sideshow was not romantic in nature, but was actually about this Siamese twin as Michael Bennett, who went underwent a procedure similar to uh, Barbara Streisand's dog was cloned. And so the two of them um, played these Siamese twin roles. And the concept was that um, they uh, became friends with the Norm Lewis character. Um, and, and the whole show is very different. Um, and uh, But they decided that that wasn't the way to do it. Um, so no one knows what happened to the other clone of Michael Bennett. Um, and uh, that's kind of the lore of Sideshow. And then it went on to, you know, be what we know it as today. But that was the original concept of uh, Sideshow. I, a little known fact. I didn't know anyone, uh, anyone knew that. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Kevin, would you did like I, to try? I, 
<laughs> did I get the game? Did I nail it? Is that was all the rules? <laughs> Maybe you changed like the process of making a show more than you changed the yeah. plot line. Or how, or how about this? Norm Lewis was in Dream Girls that Michael Bennett choreographed, and they just became best friends, and they were best friends offset forever. So it's like if I ask you to drive me to the ocean, you're taking me to a body of water, but like it's not the ocean. Like you're you're <laughs> you're close, but you're like taking me to a great lake, and I'm like, bro, that's still not. An ocean. Hey, listen, if you if you can't see all the shores, it's an ocean, baby. <laughs> all right, Kimberly, give me this. I gotta show Brian how this works. All right, say when. When. It's funny because Kevin doesn't have the mute feature and I do. <laughs> Brandon Victor Dixon. Love that. And? When? B.D. Wong. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, so here's where I'm going with this. So Brandon, okay. Brandon Victor Dixon is going to join... B.D. Wong in um, M. Butterfly. And uh, Brady Victor Dixon is going to play... Brady Victor Dixon is going to play B.D. Wong's character's uh, ex-lover who keeps, like, showing up and causing problems whenever they're trying to get together and is, like, trying to... The, the ex-lover of Brandon Victor Dixon is trying to like give the audience and the main characters like hints about like the truth behind M that like M is a spy and all that kind of stuff. Spoiler alert. Um, so there's a lot of like foreshadowing and like hinting to the audience that comes through the Brandon Victor Dixon part. So that's what I would add. Okay. To the show. I like it. Okay. Meg, would you I'm like still to interested in Sideshow, sure. the original version. I just love that this game has like very, very vague rules and we're each trying <laughs> I really am just enjoying how everyone is changing the game for good each we're turn. Just, yeah, we're just interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about interpretation, this game. All right, Meg, say when for two people. All right, when? Sally Field. Oh, okay. And? <laughs> When Celia Keenan Bolger. Okay. I I've seen them in a show together. Together? Huh. Were they both in Glass Menagerie? Or was that two separate productions? Two separate productions. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful for me. Okay. Love it. Um I am gonna have I'm gonna have uh, a Sally Fields come over to a horribly misguided production, all female production of To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. See what that's like. <clears throat> and who would she play? She, yeah, is she Boo Radley? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boo Radley. Um, uh, I would love to see just Sally Fields. Like I'm thinking, like Sally Fields, um, Forrest Gump's mom vibes for that version of an Atticus. Oh yeah, would mm-hmm. be interesting. 
of Wait, like. Now I want to hear the rest of this casting of an all female to kill a mockingbird from you. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so Boo Bradley. <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, wait, so we would have to, uh, oh boy, these character names, um, the, so we have Scout, Jim, Boo, Atticus. Yeah. Jim. Wow. I think we're just missing a Jim and an Atticus. Um, I mean a Jim and a Boo. Um, I guess Jim, maybe cause you need to have someone who is like maybe a little intense. So maybe like a, a, uh, Danielle, um, shoot, Danielle, Danielle. That's not her name. Is not Danielle. Danielle. Uh, good friend, Danielle. <laughs> Dan- Danielle, like, Danielle like, Brooks? um, Danielle Brooks. Yes. So we'll say Danielle Brooks because she's got uh, intense energy that I think people could easily misinterpret as being violent or threatening. Um, sure, and sure. then your Boo Radley, your Boo Radley would be. <laughs> we'll place him on Broadway now, or eventually at some point. I don't even know. <laughs> Boo, Boo Radley, Radley in her in her Broadway debut, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Tilda Swinton, that's Boo Radley. I would see that in a second. <laughs> you can see her as being some. <laughs> creepy person from the neighborhood that children make up stuff about. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is what she is. She's <laughs> yeah. also an incredible actress. Yeah. <laughs> and just behind the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hiding behind the door. Who is Brian, who is that really in the film? It's somebody famous. Is it like Paul Newman? No, it's uh, Robert Duvall. No, it's it's Robert Duvall, yeah. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't come up with a Kelly Clarkson. On top of Robert Duvall. I love that. Okay, man. I would love one. You all say when for me. When? When? I have the wrong pile. Well, I'll start with Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet. Okay, great. And now I'll pick up some actors. Okay, say when again. When? When? Yeah, let's settle. Yes. Great. And when? Oh yeah, we had to say when. I forgot. Yeah, thanks, guys. And Corbin Blue. Oh, Kiala's The friendship Corbin. for the ages. Done. I love it. Mm. Now, do I use Natasha since I got her by accident? Um, a show oh. I haven't seen, so don't understand how to use. Yeah, use a different show. Yeah, that's Well, fine. I think what will end up happening is that we use, like, the same set and the same tent from Natasha mm-hmm. Pierre, and we do um, The Greatest Showman with Kiala, um, and then Corbin Blue plays all of the rest of the parts. And <laughs> yes. so it's a two-hander, Kiala Settle and mm-hmm. Corbin Blue, and they just do a two-man Greatest Showman. So it's like step aside Jefferson Mays, Corbin Blue can play 90 parts. <laughs> yeah. And Kiala does like three parts. Uh, maybe they both do all of them. 
It'll be very fun. She's P.T. Barnum. And he's everyone else. I think you mean Um, P.J. P.J. Yeah, P.J. Oh, good Lord. P.J.? No, that's what I said. I couldn't come up with P.T. I said P.J. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I need more questions about Robert Duvall. I was going to say, we just <laughs> if it was with the Robert Duvall podcast, you would have owned it. Yeah. Owned it. <laughs> I'm ready. Wait, who's that Who's that actor in The Godfather again? Rob, Robert Duvall. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Cool, cool, cool. Like, I think. Is it, is it? Oh, God. Robert Duvall. Is he? Oh, no. He is. I got him I confused with someone else. I was about to say, wasn't he in Newsies? But that's um Yeah. Robert Duvall's in Newsies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's why do I get his his name confused with which Richard Dreyfus? That that's Mr. Know. Holland's opus. Oh and Jaws. Okay. Yeah, but Robert Duvall's in Newsies. He's uh Hearst, right? Pulitzer? Hearst? Yeah. One of those. Pulitzer. 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 Yeah. Yeah. His, for his Broadway debut, Robert Duvall. <laughs> Unclosed awesome. newsies. My new favorite term is unclose a show. Yeah. Because that's how someone referred to waitress. They unclosed waitress. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a revival, they just unclosed it. There are Wait, no can, anymore. can 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 waitress be nominated for like all these revival things as well as like best actress? No, because it's, it's the same, same production. production. You have to. You oh, they have could, to have a whole they new couldn't new tweak team. one thing. Well, you would have to have like, a new creative team, a new like mm. everything has to be in play. Interesting. You, you can't use the original set. Like it has to be like all new creative material. Sure. And the reason they're doing it is so that they don't have to pay those costs to like redo yeah. everything. It's right. basically yeah. put in London and we're like, Oh no, we didn't get to run in London. Like, but like Broadway is coming back. So like, let's make some more money off of Sarah. Jane. Are they not coming back in London? I don't think so. Interesting. I don't think the show is returning to London. I think it's just doing a, a unless they're doing a short run here and then, then and then going, like, going back to London in the spring. Hmm. This fall is going to be so interesting. It's going to be crazy. In every single sense of the word. Meg, is your family coming to see your second Broadway debut? Not quite the, they're not coming to the 14th. They're coming the next weekend um, because my brother is bringing my niece and nephew who are going to come get to see their first Broadway shows. So they're going to go see Lion King and then they're going to get to come see me, um, which is really cool because now they're starting to kind of have a concept. My niece and nephew are four and six. Um, so they're starting to really have a, a good idea of, of it. And they've been taking dance classes in the last couple of years and whatnot. So I had a very funny interaction with my nephew. We were at a drive-in movie theater when I was up visiting over the summer and my nephew made friends with some kids at the drive-in and they, and he called over to me and he was like, Auntie Meg, you gotta come, you gotta come. And I was like, okay. And I come running over and he's like, we're playing. And I was like, what is the game? And he's like, your best dance moves. And I was like, oh, my best dance moves, huh? And I was like, so what do I do? And he's like, well, just like do your wicked dance moves. And then he turns and looks at the two kids who were, he was playing with and he was like, she's from New York. She's in Wicked. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> Two kids, and the one of the kids looked and he was like, I'm from Mexico. 
name. Because like, <laughs> I have no idea what's happening, Leo, but thank you. And did you teach them the wicked vocabulary of movement? Yeah, yeah I was like, here, boop, boop, with the book. And I was like, it's not the same without the book. It makes a lot more sense with a statue. <laughs> I don't have a book like, I can I'm, also, I'm also trying to watch this movie. I don't know what we're doing here. Jungle Cruise is on. I thought you'd be interested in this. Um, <laughs> oh my good lord! Oh yeah, it was really funny. So I'm super excited that they're coming down, and they're so excited to come back to New York. Um, and yeah, I'm. It's it's so uh, it's just so exciting. It's just so exciting. It's so exciting to be back. It's so exciting to like be up doing this after not doing it for so long. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. And everybody's and ramp- so good. That's so fun. And like the yeah. ramp up to openings for all of these shows must be so interesting because there's obviously a lot of pressure, but there is no pressure to get a good review no. and be a hit and win a Tony. Right. Like, right. That's true. That's a good point. Like there's, there's all this different pressure, but it's also just like, and then we just start working. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because there is, I mean, there's like tons of press and, you know, all these shows that are at their first day, they're having like full press there. We had full press at our first day. So mm-hmm. it was like watching a lot of people come in and outfits that they normally would not show up to rehearsal in. I was definitely Absolutely. part of that. Um, <laughs> so, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> thing. It was like, yeah, today I guess I'll put a lash on. Tomorrow it will be sweatpants, lady. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it's just, it's so exciting. Um, even though like we're fully rehearsing in all in our masks and regular testing. And you can see like I have my wristband, like everybody has to go through and check in with the COVID officer. And when you go mm-hmm. get in, they put your wristband on and, and everybody, the really crazy thing, you know, the grocery so big, so they've built extra spots. So they built an extra stage with mirrors, like in the lobby for us to rehearse. Wow. So we wow. have the rehearsal space that's upstairs, like where technically where the balcony is above mm-hmm. the theater and then we have a rehearsal spot in the rotunda and then we have people on the stage so there's always multiple rehearsals wow. happening at the same time wow. so it's such a huge operation and you know as as incredible as it is to have like this whole creative team i really have to like give such a huge shout out to our dance captains who are really really doing the work of putting us all back in and understanding every single track every single spot where we're all supposed to be looking at those charts and I, and just giving us all of our notes of where we're supposed to be in heading in this moment. And this is what this looks like. You just really start to understand what a big job that is of being a dance captain when you're watching this and understanding that, you know, those people who are there day in, day out are such a big part of what keeps the show tight. And when you have Mm. good dance captains and a good music director, like it really makes a huge difference. Yeah. I also can't imagine being on like the stage management, general management, like that whole side of the table too. Cause that's like the world I come from. And I'm just like, I think I would sit in the corner and cry if I needed to re put up a show. Oh yeah. And it's, there's all this other stuff of like, no, of all the COVID protocols. And it's like, now you sign in on QR codes. There's no sign in sheet. Cause they don't want us touching the same the pencil. Pen. And we, you know, at this point, we're not supposed to be in the dressing rooms while they prep them. All the theaters had to get new ventilation systems. They all have HEPA filters. 
um, in all of the different, in all the different dressing rooms and everything. And so we all have just like, everybody's just wandering around with laundry baskets with their name on it that you just put your stuff in. So like you go from like this rehearsal space and then everybody like we're all in college, like here's this laundry basket and I'm moving to the stage and you bring your laundry sure. basket with all your stuff in it. And every day they give you like some hand sanitizer and a mask in case you don't have that. It's so much, but you know, to be part of this, that everybody's just doing such an incredible job trying to get Broadway relaunched because obviously like our community is really hurting without it, but also the surviving businesses around. I mean, Times Square is such a weird place to be when you realize how much Broadway really influences the economy that is New York City uh-huh. and all the restaurants that aren't open, all that haven't reopened yet, the hotels, the parking garages, all of that. It's really, you see what a gaping hole it is to not have Broadway open. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, did you have something you were going to ask? No, she t- she actually looped around and touched on it. Oh, snap! Oh. Excellent. Um, well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, Meg, thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who aren't familiar with her work um she's incredibly talented super funny go see her in wicked uh, i'm sure there are some awesome videos on youtube of her singing her voice is incredible um so definitely check her out there meg where can people find you on the internet uh i'm on instagram uh it's at meggles m-e-g-g-l-e-s underscore darty d-o-h-e-r-t-y so you can find me there and i'm posting videos of some stuff from rehearsals and just posting a lot about what it's like getting back into it right now. And, and, you know, and then a lot of my husband and my niece and my nephew. So if you're really into them, which why would you be, but maybe um, (laughs) (laughs) you can follow me there. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll link, we'll link her Instagram in the description here uh, in this episode. Um, but thank you so much. We're so excited for you to get back into Wicked and just, you know, um, do what you love doing. We're excited to see it. We'll let you know when we, when we go to Wicked. Um, but thank you so, so much for joining us. You can follow us at Broadwaysit on all social media platforms. That's Mm -hmm. uh, Twitter. That's Instagram. Follow uh, our Facebook group um, for some theater nerdy stuff. You can of course find us on Patreon. Um, we have some awesome stuff there. Um, this fall we're doing all of the movie musicals that are coming out on Patreon. So, uh, get your fill there. Uh, and then, uh, of course, you can find us on things like uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Oh, thank you. Uh, we end every episode with a quote. And today's quote is, we do, we do. Actually, I forgot it in the last episode, so I had to put it in post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oops. Um, Wait. <laughs> oops. With Barry. I've totally oh, yeah, forgot. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, oh, he was so like, funny. I gotta go drink a I gotta go drink a martini. I was like, oh uh, okay. Um, but uh today's is once upon a time I was falling in love, but now I'm only falling apart. There's nothing I can do. A total eclipse of the heart. Flashback to the 80s, part one. Um Meg, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh this was a long time coming. We're so happy that we can have you come back anytime. We'll talk wicked, we'll talk. <laughs> Flashback to the 80s, part two, the 90s, whatever. Um, the Titanic ballet. I mean, the Titanic ballet was in that one. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, 
That was a yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty wild. I need all of this. What What do you value more, the Titanic <laughs> ballet or the Star Wars ballet? Oh, I think the quality of the Titanic ballet was better, but I love a good gay Darth Vader swishing a cape. Yeah, doing tilts. Oh yeah, doing full tilts. So. <laughs> Is shout that, out to my shout out to my man Cody Garcia with the full tilts in the Darth Vader costume. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you bring that to Wicked? You're like, I feel like there should be more full tilts in this show. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna do them, but someone else should be doing these. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> like a eighth tilt. Is that something? I just like <laughs> lean to the side. <laughs> just a little. Just pop your hips. <laughs> just pop my hips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if this stage is raked. You will tilt. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh man, that rake. <laughs> I always forget that. The rake when a rake a rake stage in your twenties is a very different experience than a rake <laughs> stage in your thirties. <laughs> the rehearsal space raked like is no no, and the tour's not raked. So those mm. people on tour, those children out on tour, are just waltzing around easy. <laughs> Walking fine. Easy, no easy life. As opposed no to all sh- of us on Broadway going to PT regularly because yeah. no, oh, yeah. No shin splints at Tacoma. <laughs> None. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, one show but May. in the chiropractor's <laughs> office. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We end every episode by raising a glass and we say, Zoodoo. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>It's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.